0: How have expectations for VR games evolved over the last six years? Today, we're going to be comparing a game that originally came out in 2016 against more contemporary games on the Quest.
1: Hello and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about virtual reality and VR game development. We provide our perspective as developers, and a peek behind the curtain for those interested in how VR games are made. I'm your friendly neighborhood host and level designer, Carlos, and with me as always... Hello, I'm Matt. I'm a gameplay programmer. And today we're talking
0: about Drop Dead, Dual Strike Edition. So this game came out in 2016 originally as Drop Dead, and then it recently got ported to the Oculus Quest as Drop Dead Dual Strike, where they added in... Two-player multiplayer, that's the duel in the duel strike. And I think it's an interesting case study of how VR expectations have evolved. Uh, This game was clearly made in 2016 and, at a word, doesn't really stand up. It's not something that could survive in the current market.
1: Right. If Drop Dead Dual Strike were released currently, let's say it released like holiday of this year as a, hey, this is a House of the Dead style on-rails shooter. We got zombies. We got action reload. We got a couple of guns. You know, if this were to come out this year, which would be, let's say, like, you know, actually six years since its initial release date, it would be woefully underwhelming compared to things that are coming out, like, say, Swarm, right? Which Mm -hmm. is another very, like, shooting-focused game. There could be an argument made that, like, both games are, like, some semblance of a wave shooter just handled differently. And these are two very different games, Drop Dead and Swarm, right? Right. And we'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty of that as the episode continues. But to sort of bring it back to our more holistic first impression... It's that, like, this game is, like, serviceable to potentially good for 2016. Like, yeah. I think that's kind of, like, when, like, the Vive was, the Vive 1 was, like, hitting uh major markets and, you know, P- Fantastic Contraption was coming out and, like, a bunch of these other games. But playing it today, it's hard, even for someone like myself, who's, like, very forgiving and, like, understanding of, like, the development woes and, like, production perils that go with, like, game development and stuff, it's hard for me to cut this game slack. Because, like, whenever I do cut it slack, there's, like, three other thorns in my side that just, like, come to stab me. And overall, there are just, like, some things that, like, I hopefully will identify that are, like, these are just principally, like, too full of friction, like, yeah. if this game was massaged in certain ways, it could be a much better overall game. Even sans, like, the bells and whistles that we tend to get with more recent games. Yeah. I go back and forth on this. I mean,
0: 2016 is really early. You think about other games that came out early in the VR life cycle that left a mark. I mean, like, comes to mind, like, Job Simulator, Hot, Beat Saber, Robo Recall. These games... Uh, Let's see, Job Simulator also came out in 2016, but Robo Recall was 2017, Super Hot was 2017. Like, 2016 is before even, like, the first wave of well-known, well-made VR games. So, like, it gets some slack there. But also, you know, Robo Recall releasing in the first part of 2017 and this game releasing in the latter part of 2016, that's not a lot of time. And Robo Recall sort of beats this game on like almost every point in terms of the polish and the mechanics and just generally the design choices around the game and how it feels to play and how fun it is, you know, (laughs) um, the narrative, like everything, it, it sort of knocks it down. So yeah, this is this is like a mid tier game for 2016, even. And now it's it's just not even playable i don't know so that's that's sort of like a positive takeaway i think from this episode we're going to be complaining a lot about the game and being very negative but i think it reflects positively on how vr games have evolved as a whole
1: yeah i agree i think that this is going to just make us maybe more appreciative of like what has come and what's become kind of normal now but i guess you know let's just start by dropping in to drop dead yeah let's dive into the game So I previously mentioned, like, this is a uh, House of the Dead style on-rails shooter. You know, you're being slowly pulled through a level, and you're just expected to, like, shoot things as they spawn. Sometimes you'll stop in place on your path. You do not have control over your mobility. Like, sometimes you just stop along the track, and you have to kill all the enemies in order for the track to continue on. And it is... The goal of the zombies or whatever to like get up close to you and hit you with their claw or if they are a ranged zombie like spit some ranged goo at you something like that right
0: there's a variety of enemies and what you do is you shoot them regardless of the type of enemy you have like a pistol on your belt that has infinite ammo that you can use but you can also find weapons throughout the level shotgun assault rifle etc and later they introduce grenades Um, and there are some power up items that you can use to like slow down time. And there's some melee weapons that I never really ended up using.
1: Yeah, pretty much same. So with this house of the dead style, like wrapper and these mechanics in there, it all just, like you said, it feels mid. Well, like I don't want to use like a more recent slang term, but like it feels very like middling, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not doing anything exceptionally well, but it's also not doing anything exceptionally bad, which kind of makes this more frustrating as a player. (laughs) Honestly, like it really my overall takeaway from the game is just that it feels like this game needed more time in the oven to refine what it already had there. And instead this game was like under baked, taken out of the oven. And then rather than like refining what is already there, whatever the bread loaf is that came out, like rather than refining what's already there, they decided to tack on an extra cupcake to it or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's a cupcake that's just as poorly made as the loaf of bread. But because. Let's say people on the developer side or potentially the publisher side were saying like, oh, well, Quest uh, gets more resurgence if you keep updating your game with new content. Like that's a way to keep players coming back. That's the wrong strategy to take for this title. The strategy should have been and should be in general to refine the game and get it to its best possible shipping state and then build content on top of that. Like, I feel like this game did have potential and who knows, maybe they're taking six years to make Drop Dead 2, I doubt it, but like, this game style has potential. Like, I don't think it's inherently a bad game for being on rails, I don't think it's inherently a bad game for being this like, House of the Dead style arcade shooter. I think it is a okay game at best because... Of the potential it has being hindered so much by the various choices and execution that you end up encountering yeah that's a good point like you know if i
0: was the person in charge of like they gave me this game that came out in 2016 and they're like hey we want to put this on quest well we need to add something what is my strategy well if you peel back everything the moment to moment is not bad you know this sort of moving along a track sort of bog standard VR shooting mechanics, like other games do this, right? Like Pistol Whip is insanely popular. You're moving along a track, you're shooting stuff. It has music. So, but instead of music here, we have different enemy types and different weapon types that you can switch. Like there's, there's something interesting here that you can work with.
1: Yeah, there's also a scoring element to it where mm, like right. if you want to keep shooting and you want to build the highest score, which doesn't really feed into anything. That's kind of another downfall of the game, but. If you want to build a high score and be on the leaderboard, like there are so many little things for you to find in the environment to shoot. And there's also this kind of meta layer of like keeping your combo going because Mm -hmm. there will be stretches where you just don't have enemies for an extended period of time. And that could like tank whatever combo you got going for your score. Right.
0: And it seems like they're almost like differentiating a mechanic or feature in the combat is their quick reload system where when you run out of bullets you uh you lower your gun down to your waist and point it down at the ground to reload um which other games do right pistol whip does that uh but in this there's a little bar that fills up as you're doing that and if you click the trigger at a certain point along that bar as it's filling up you uh, reload immediately you skip the rest of the the thing and if you miss then you have to wait longer so there's like a skill-based element of of reloading and that's okay i don't think you can give the whole game legs just based
1: on that one differentiating mechanic but that's interesting like maybe back on the xbox 360 because i remember that being the action reload is what they called it for gears of war like that's the one game i feel like really brought that mechanic into like the big gamers tmi uh, and even then, like Gears of War had a lot more around it for being a shooter at the time. And like the action reload was just like a little thing. So like what I'm saying here is like the action reload, super cool. It's a proven fun mechanic. It's a way to make reloading engaging and whatnot. But that's not the reason why I am going to go into Drop Dead Dual Strike. Like hopefully there would be more things like luring me to that experience than just, oh, sweet, the reload's more interactive. Right. So what about the game as
0: it as it is right now could really what are the things that could use the most improvement to sort of like bring it up to, to being serviceable in today's market? At least to me, the two things that stand out are like the pacing and the actual combat design. Maybe I'd go with visuals. Maybe I'd go with narrative i don't know there's a there's a handful of things what do you think carlos what, what? i
1: heavily agree with you on the pacing you need to put in uh, at least an hour of play time in in a vr game which like honestly will feel like four hours all right let's just say the time scale is like times four of whatever the actual time spent is right hmm. you need to spend 60 real life minutes Inside of the game, actually progressing. This is assuming every level is like four minutes long and you're perfectly completing them on the first try every time. After 60 minutes, you start to get a taste of like new mechanics, uh, weird twists in the narrative that leads to kind of like somewhat interesting changes in the gunplay. And that's just far too much. Like that, that's the part of the pacing that really like I think kills it, especially when it comes to the like return policy that we have currently, where I think it's like you play for a little bit of time or something and then and then you can return it like this game is not selling you within the return policy time limit, which is what hurts it the most. Right.
0: Personally, you know, I sort of play VR games until I'm feeling tired and then I take the headset off. Right. I don't try to power through. And for this game, that point pretty consistently came about like 20 to 25 minutes in which is shorter than other games and also not that much for this game because the game mechanics are introduced and the the game sort of progresses so slowly. So 20 minutes is like nothing. It's like three missions.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, just to give the listeners a bit of context as to, like, why we're saying, like, you need to play an hour in order to find any new cool things is because, like, this game is presented in, like, let's say three chapters, right? Three acts, maybe more accurately. And each act is, like, 15 levels long. So we're kind of like, oh, I need to wait all the way till act two to get anything. Like, meaning I think it's, like, you go from, like, maybe no shotgun to having now this neat like double pump sawed off shotgun what have you and eventually that evolves into this like auto shoddy that shoots like plasma waves out or something like that but even that third cool sounding shotgun doesn't pop up until like let's say two plus hours of like playing the game like you got to get all the way to act three and that's just like that's far too long like the reason we see Nintendo games, usually the ones that are like way more playful, let's say like the the new Kirby game and uh, Mario Odyssey, these games are very successful because they have so much novelty and or newness like packed into every couple of meters. So you always have this like wonderful sense of discovery and fun, playful interaction as you're going through those Nintendo environments, and that's a large reason why those games hit so well. And here, they're sort of doing the opposite, where it's like, oh, you're going to be in these very constrained levels, you're only going to use the boring stuff that we give you, and you got to deal with the boring stuff without any idea that cool stuff might be right around the corner. You have to deal with this boring stuff for like 60 some odd minutes. Yeah. So that's actually something
0: that I feel like we encounter a lot in development is It's sort of like a two-pronged problem. But it's like, oh crap, like we, do, we can't get in all the cool stuff that we want to, right? We're constrained by money or time or you know, manpower, whatever. Like we can't do all this cool stuff. We only have five cool things instead of ten cool things. But we still need to make this whole game. So let's trickle these five cool things out over the same time period but then like the other part of that as you mentioned is like the player doesn't know what's coming down like they they have no expectations when they start up the game except like mm-hmm. what other games do and if you don't communicate to them like hey at some point there's going to be all this crazy stuff going on stick around then they're not going to stick around and, and so like this game sort of suffers from both of that and it results in like it hands you new things that are like, OK, they're fine. But it it tries to like be like, oh, my gosh, isn't this such a cool new thing? Like, you know, oh, here's a machine gun. Whoa. And you're like, yeah, I know what a machine gun is like this. This is not going to tide me over for three levels.
1: Yeah. Most other shooting games would have given us these weapons way earlier. Mm-hmm. That, that's like another thing. And, you know, at this point, I'm kind of like judging it, let's say, to like more recent, like shooter games. Not necessarily Swarm, but even potentially Gun Club VR, right? That's mm-hmm. literally the shooting gallery game. But, like, you have access to the shotgun, the MP5, the pistol, the rocket launcher, like, whatever. Like, you get access to that stuff pretty quickly. So it's all the more surprising to see a game that's, like, not doing much with its shooting, like, really draw out every weapon you get. Mm-hmm and when you get like really cool interesting weapons there's like not really any different way to utilize them besides what you've been doing with every other weapon like it doesn't even feel like zombies die differently (laughs) when you are using these different weapons i i just sort of know i have more ammo right yeah if we want to talk
0: about like the kinesthetic design of the weapons and and just generally like the combat design like there's so much you could do with like the double-barreled shotgun right like that could reload in a, in a different way, or the machine gun could have like a ton of recoil, or you could have a gun that has stronger aim assist, or like they they do introduce burst weapons later on, but like it mm-hmm. comes so late, it's like your core mechanic is shooting, and if you're not doing anything particularly weird with the enemies in terms of like armored points, or you need to deal damage in a specific way, like you have to switch up the shooting mode the firing mode and so it's not just like hold the trigger okay i'm out of ammo like reload okay now i'm shooting again like that sort of basic point and click ranged weapon combat is
1: not enough for vr it's good that you bring up point and click because that is very much what it is like it feels like a laser pointer game and not a gun shooting game Mm. And I'm not making this a point towards like, yeah, it should be like Boneworks or Onward where like my gun has like a bunch of different doohickeys on it and I could accidentally empty my clip, you know, I don't want that. I want this game to continue being arcadey. I want it to deliver me that fun house of the dead type experience but do it in a very streamlined and most importantly satisfying manner so Mm -hmm. when you bring up the sawed off shotgun like yeah you know we already have the action reload thing like why can we not take the extra couple of iteration cycles to experiment with like A different style of reloading like keep the action reload in there sure but maybe now it's like I have to like break the shotgun down you know give it a little whip forward so that it cracks open and it begins the active reload and then I whip it up to like close it when the reload is in the correct spot something like that And even with that in play, like the other idea that I was kind of like yearning for in this game was like, make these weapons mean something. Like I, I, it's again, just a laser pointer killer game because all of these weapons, they sure, they behave differently, but I'm not having to use any specific weapon to kill a specific unit. Mm -hmm. It's a little too, it's a little too toy boxy for that, right? It's, Mm. it's very much like, oh, whatever weapon you can get your hands on, like, sure, it kills everything. That's totally fine. And occasionally we'll give you a big infinite ammo minigun to deal with a boss. But I think I would have appreciated more of a, like, dynamic combat in that, oh, I see a guy with a shield. I know then I need to pick up a nearby shotgun to take the shield off of him. Or I need to use a high accuracy weapon to shoot through the little slot in his shield, which that feels very cool and like a little bit better in VR than it would in a non VR game, but. There's nothing here in Drop Dead that like reinforces that. Like Even yeah. the enemy's hit reacts are just that they simply go limp and die. So it doesn't matter if you got a headshot through the little mail slot in their shield because they're going to fall over the same way they would as if you shot them with a shotgun just at their shield until they ran out of HP.
0: I think the deepest this game goes on that is shotgun is good at hitting groups of enemies that are at a certain distance. And occasionally Mm -hmm. the level design will throw you a group of enemies that's perfect for hitting with a shotgun. But, like, this game has dismemberment, and, like, it even has an objective based around dismemberment. Like, you gotta collect arms and legs before, you know, the AI character does. But, like, it doesn't expand that in the way that it could with very minimal effort, right? Like, okay, make an enemy that you have to, like, you have to take off their legs, or you have to take off their arms, and now they're ineffective, and then like give the player a weapon that shoots a very like spread out horizontal spread of bullets. That's like great for taking out a bunch of legs. And like that feels really, really good. You know, get dead spacey with it.
1: Yeah. It's great that you bring up dead space. Cause that's literally what I was just starting to think about when you were talking about the dismemberment and the limbs. And obviously that game's big gimmick, at least for the first title was like remove the limbs. These guys can continue going when their limbs are, you know, not there. You have to take out all the limbs. And that could have been used here as well. Like, they didn't need to be as smart or as intricate as Necromorphs from Dead Space. But absolutely, it would have just been, like, a lot better to have just, like, more thought put into so many aspects of this game. But I'll try to keep it focused on gameplay since we're, like, right there. Mm -hmm. But, like, it would have just been so much more fun if there had been anything more than just, like, here's the base functionality... Does it work? Yes. Ship it. Right. Right. We needed yep. that extra like two to three months to say, oh, this is in. Let's play with it. Yeah. Let's feel how boring it is to, to some degree. And let's figure out how to smooth out the rough parts and how to spectacularize, if that's a word, the boring parts.
0: Yeah. It, it feels very like checkbox or like go fever syndrome where it's like, okay, cool. We got this thing done move on to the next one good example of that is the exploding barrels in the environment Mm -hmm. where like it's like cool we we made an object that explodes and deals damage to surrounding enemies when you shoot it throw it in the level and they didn't take the time to be like is there sufficient feedback to the player about the radius of damage or does it feel sufficiently like spectacular when i shoot this and it blows up or does it feel weak like let's juice up the sound let's juice up the the effects let's figure out a way to communicate to the player what the effective range is. Or maybe let's expand this idea of shooting things in the environment to interact with the combat more. Like, you can shoot out lamps, you can shoot crows in the environment, but it doesn't do anything besides giving you a little bit of points.
1: And that's another underbaked thing. The point system doesn't have anything to do with anything else. It's very much like, oh, what do arcade games have? They have a scoreboard. So we got to have a scoreboard. And really, the question is, do you do you actually have to have a scoreboard Like, are people really going to want to replay these levels? And I'm sure, like, yes, there will be people who buy drop dead dual strike and they'll have themselves a good time and maybe they'll replay levels. Oh, yeah. You look at the leaderboard and there are some crazy high scores on the leaderboard. So clearly people engage
0: with this system.
1: But but the system stands on its own. Like, it's not mm-hmm. integrated into other stuff. Like, yeah. you're not getting anything outside of the campaign. And to some extent, you're not getting anything inside the campaign, right? Because right. certain weapons and or new technologies or whatever, new gameplay styles, they only become present way later in the game. And they're only present for those particular missions. It's not like, oh, I've unlocked the futuristic smg in level 18 so now i can go back to level 3 and use it yeah nope, you can only use whatever was put on the carnival ride for that level they do have the star rating system
0: and so it seems like it'd be easy to parlay that into like oh you need x amount of stars to unlock the next thing so i'm going to replay this yeah. level to get three stars like so i unlock it even if you didn't want to do that though you know a great point of comparison is robo recall which did come out around the same time that game mm. Arcade has a point system where with combos and everything but it does that so much better just rattling off the ways in which it improves like the announcer voice in robo recall is crazy expressive and like very present with you throughout the game whereas in drop dead the announcer voice is like the most boring thing possible <laughs> it's like great good headshot right it's and the announcer voice is
1: supposed to be your like not your vr headset but like the main character in drop dead is wearing these like future goggles or whatever mm-hmm. and the ai in the goggles is what's commenting on your shooting which like they don't even really explain that much if i recall yeah. the narrative like they don't explain like oh yeah this is your cortana that he's gonna say nice and boom headshot every time you get a headshot It's just like another element that is like added into there. It's underbaked. And rather than really critically looking at it and judging whether or not it should stay in the finished product... Like you said, it was go syndrome. Like yeah. they were like, it's in. Let's go. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's shoot a fucking rubber duck and shooting a rubber duck's going to be funny, right? Yeah, that's going to be cool. Okay. Let's just keep going. Oh, we have these levels, right? We have these levels. Uh, you're always stationary, but whatever. Let's ship it. Oh, we had a little bit of extra time. So you know what? We're going to like do a different version of like slowly dragging you through the level. That's basically still you just walking through the level. But, you know, we got it in. So we're shipping it like a fair amount of the things that we're talking
0: about are things that could have been addressed leading up to the release of Dual Strike, right? Like, let's revisit it with this knowledge. When the player's combo modifier increases, when they get score from doing a particular action, maybe put those numbers in the actual level, have them pop up, because right now it's just a UI element that's attached to your face at the very top of your screen And it's basically impossible to see, without taking your eyes off the action, what you're doing and how that's impacting your score. So, like, the score Mm -hmm. system is detached from the actual gameplay. You know, okay, yes, there's the whole leaderboard aspect, but that's for, like, very hardcore people. Mostly, arcade score mechanics in games are for adding extra juice and like good feeling for doing cool things as the player right like i want to be rewarded i want confetti to come out when i shoot someone in in the head so to speak right i want to be like oh shit yeah i got 100 points from this 200 points from that times three i don't even know what that means but like i'm wrecking everything right now and it, it doesn't do that It could, it would not be that hard to go back in and switch that up and and just tweak things as much as possible and and get it so that everything's more integrated and and more juicy and like... Yeah, this
1: game just leaves so
0: much to be desired. Yeah. Even the visuals. The visuals are, are not great, but they're like serviceable for the most part. And, you know, this is coming from like a game that was originally released on like Gear VR. So like, yeah, the visuals were scaled to begin with. It just needs, I think the visuals could be fine if the gameplay was better. If the visuals were better, I could forgive the gameplay being a little bit less good. But both of them being mediocre is not good.
1: Yeah, when you're developing a game, you and the rest of your team, like there needs to be a priority order of like, what are we making the best of class? in this game Mm -hmm. right you can't make everything the best unless you have a million billion dollars exactly so like for drop dead right you go into there and you're thinking like are we making the gunplay the best? Are we making this the best on-rails shooter, like specifically focusing on how the on-rails part is being handled? Are we making this the best in terms of like integrating the scoring system? Like we like arcade shooters. We like the high scores. So let's figure out how to integrate this score into the actual like gameplay. The thing is like, yeah, there's a laundry list of
0: things that need improvement in this game but there's also like things that are fine there's the grab at a distance mechanic where you're picking up weapons from the level and like items from the level that's fine mm. that works as well as any other game that's done it uh yeah the drinking the soda can to <laughs> slow down time that's something that i know you really like as a mechanic in vr games
1: and like it's done yep. fine oddly enough you don't have to do that with the grenade <laughs> I was just thinking about it just Mm. now. Like, the grenade, you just pick up from your utility belt and you throw it. And honestly, those things take a little bit too long to explode for my liking. On the note of, like, player feedback. Just a lot of, like, missing player feedback. But I'm kind of surprised that like they didn't just reuse the drinking motion to recontextualize it into biting and pulling the pin out of a grenade before throwing it. And that'd be a good way, because right now
0: there's, the way that it's armed is very weird. You just throw it. And so, yeah, having that would be cool. And then you could be a little bit more lax with how it goes into your inventory, right? If it's not armed immediately. But the grenade throwing is a good example of another thing that's like, sufficient like it's actually kind of hard to do throwing well in a vr game Mm -hmm. and the grenade throwing felt great
1: yeah i agree uh surprisingly i think throwing the grenades felt better than even throwing the melee weapons that they often threw around a level Mm -hmm. oh the axe that you just reminded me that was one of the actually standout
0: things from this game for me Mm -hmm. because like you think about asgard's wrath also had an axe that you throw and recall that game, I feel actually did the the checkbox syndrome more than Drop Dead did because like I don't know, there's something about the way that you throw the axe and then it lodges in enemies and then you you levitate or like grab at a distance, it back the motion and the timing on it like that's good. There's amazing elements in this game that were maybe ahead of its time in 2016. Mm -hmm. but yeah the the package overall and like some of the the combat design it just ah so much potential
1: you know yeah like if i could bring up some like more direct bullet points i want to like call out at least on like the more kinesthetic side of things like what our body is doing as we're playing drop dead we already mentioned point your gun down to reload but like that that's kind of like the gist of your actions it's like Arm goes down, grabs a thing, arm comes back up, at least for the most part. Like, you have this utility belt at your waist, right? Your main gun, which has infinite ammo, goes into the holster at the center. You've got, like, the can on your left. You've got the grenade on your right, and that's it. And we've mentioned a buttload of other weapons, but you can't holster any of these weapons. Like, the only thing you can holster is that infinitely reloaded pistol, and... You can, you know, dual wield, like, that's fine, that's an option, but something that a more recent game would do is, like, give you enough inventory to actually, like, hold some of these fun weapons, like... I don't want to have to hang on to a shotgun for the entire, like, three and a half minutes leading up to, like, the final enemy character. I want to just, like, put the shotgun on my back, use my pistol, and then once the boss comes, it's hail to the king, baby, and grab my Mm -hmm. shotgun from my back and take it out, right? Really, like, the big thing for me is just that, like, body-wise, it just felt like the game was not utilizing the body enough, but still making me tired, Mm. very tired from playing And the only time I've noticed where I've had to, like, move my body slash dodge was with the spitter characters. I think, and even then, you kind of don't. Like, you could just shoot the spit out of the air, Mm -hmm. but, like, zombies will acid spit at you. And if you want, you can, like, crouch or move to the side. Like, move anywhere in your play space, honestly, to just get out of the way of that blob hitting your head. Because that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, dodging is a big thing. Standing still... I've I've said this before I'll
0: say it again standing still is more fatiguing than moving around so like yeah adding in a dodge mechanic is actually a really really good idea for any VR game where you're mostly standing in one place like get the player to move their real
1: body around take a look at until you fall like mm-hmm. we could play until you fall for a much longer period of time and it's very easy to think that that game just is a standing in place game because, I mean, that is kind of like the main thing, right? Mm-hmm. You are moving through these virtual environments and until you fall, but you're moving via joystick. And when you then go up to face an enemy, now your body is taking most of the movement impact, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're having to swing your body to do the sword slash. And you also have to explicitly dodge, like move your headset x amount of meters in a certain direction in order to successfully dodge the attack which like that breaks up the fatigue slash monotony of your legs being locked in standing position right it's just that every couple of moments like that's getting mixed in and that's not happening here with drop dead it's very much just a stand in place game lock your legs (laughs) lock your arms and just get to fire and just shoot 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 shoot
0: shoot yep so at the beginning of the episode and, and also throughout, we've mentioned Swarm. I just want to like step back and examine the differences between the games at a high level. Because like we've talked about, oh, there's some good stuff in Drop Dead and there's some things that could be polished up and it could be made a lot better. But I just think it's interesting as like a case study, Drop Dead versus Swarm, they're both casual arcadey games where you're racking up points, you're doing these levels, enemies are coming in in waves, you're shooting them. But they're very, very different just from their basic conception. Because Swarm, you have this grappling hook mechanic, highly mobile. You're moving around this level um, and the enemies are moving in crazy ways. There's really radical different types of enemies. Drop dead. You're just on the ground. You're moving slowly. The weapons are all sort of the same. The enemies are all sort of the same. And I think this really just speaks to how, like, newer VR games are finally leaning into the basic affordances of VR um, in, in a big way. Like, doing, you get to do stuff that just feels so much more embodied. Like, you have such a sense of where you are and how you're moving and you're tracking enemies and objects through the environment when you're playing Swarm versus Drop Dead. You're just sort of there, pointing and clicking and standing still.
1: It's additionally good to note that while you are standing, aiming, and pointing, like most of the action is coming at you from directly in front. Mm-hmm. And this is very likely a holdover from like first generation VR, right, facing. where like, yeah, forward facing, right? Uh, the reason why Vive was big is because, you know, the base stations allowed you to do more than forward facing. Uh, like you could turn around and you'd still be part of the game. And I think with drop dead, you know, obviously on a technical level, they were like, we need to keep this facing forward because the technology is not there yet. But also I, didn't really feel a whole lot of like good slash cool verticality like the most verticality to the game and this note is more so in like i'm only utilizing the forward like 160 degrees of my vision and the let's say like i never look higher than like 15 degrees like forward you know Mm -hmm. with the flying spitter enemies which i think those were the only flying enemies they would just kind of like hover around for a bit and you'd be like, okay, well, rather than having my arm just like pointing straight ahead of me on like the, you know, the Z axis, the height plane, whatever, like now I'm just going to raise my arm like half a foot or something like that to like shoot this thing in the sky. Whereas in Swarm, Because you are shooting at both the platforms, like to grapple into them, and you're also shooting at these enemies that are being delivered into the arena Galaga style, you are looking all over the place and like more so on the arms, your aiming is all over the place, which like I personally love, Mm -hmm. like going from a very fluid, like Spider-Man, like hand over hand swinging action to then suddenly yank both my hands down. So I like pull myself up super high. And now that my hands are down and I'm so high up, I am now Looking down and firing my guns at the enemies below, right? I'm, I'm facing like, purely downward and shooting at them which never ever ha- ever happens in drop dead mm-hmm. right uh at times i'm like i'm like skimming the floor and i'm like one hand swinging aiming up again like spider-man and another hand with my machine gun or whatever is a- applied shooting at enemies up i'm shooting at enemies to the side of me maybe there's an enemy right behind me that's a chaser so i'm like shooting at it and even trying to finagle my position to get a better shot at it which obviously. Drop Dead being an on-rails shooter can't, like, give you major opportunity for all this, like, changing up your mobility and stuff, but I think there is work that could be done there to actually create some sort of, like, really breakout experience where it's like, well, how do we rethink House of the Dead for this new medium right. where like maybe we can have on rail sections but also have the enemies that like swirl around you right house of the dead i recall and again i might just be harping on like the the technological impact of the tech at the time on this game's development but i remember house of the dead having these enemies i like i think it was usually a boss or whatever like big headless suit of armor and then some little bat enemy that like flies around him and the boss is actually the bat enemy right like you're trying to shoot the flying bat guy as many times as you can to stop the big headless suit of armor from chopping you down Mm -hmm. And part of that, that is like true to form in Drop Dead compared to House of the Dead is that, yeah, these flying enemies, let's say the spitters are kind of like the reincarnation of that bat enemy. They are always like flying in front of you in this kind of figure eight motion or something like that. Occasionally they'll like pause somewhere, but we're in vr (laughs) so why why don't these guys like why don't these guys like fly far to my side why don't they like fly like above me and maybe they like exit the level for a second only to circle back in at a different point it's just too static, mm-hmm. funny enough. For a game that's an on-rails shooter that like has a lot of enemies thrown at you, that's literally pulling you at like a snail's pace across a level, it's a game that's just too static. Whereas, conversely, Swarm is a game that's potentially too frantic and action-packed for a good number of people to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least until you get more familiarity with VR as a whole and just virtual reality gaming tropes as they are developing.
0: Another comparison point on Swarm is the way that they introduce new mechanics, new enemies, new game modes, new objectives, etc.,
1: right, compared yeah. to Drop Dead Dual Strike. The, the pacing at which they introduce these things and the way they present this new information. Leagues above Drop Dead Dual Strike and... I'll explain at least, let's say on the novelty part, like why it's far better within the first hour of swarm, you get introduced to more or less every game mode that they have available, which is like a handful, right? It's not just killing enemies, they have like collect the dots, they have some sort of race and other things like that. Um, so you're getting introduced to these, like, it's like a new game mode every level. If it's not a new game mode, then it's a new enemy type. If it's not a new enemy type, then it's a brand new weapon. And this is just hitting you, like, back to back to back to back as you make your way through, like, the first one or two worlds of the game, right? Total being five or whatever. But that is all to say that within the first 60 to 100 minutes of Drop Dead Dual Strike, you don't get introduced to like really new and interesting weapons you don't get introduced to new cool enemy types like maybe you'll get introduced to new enemy types but it will very much just be like this guy has a shield this guy has a pitchfork they don't behave differently they just have these things because we said Mm -hmm. so whereas you know swarm i briefly mentioned but we can go into it a little bit more here like the enemy variety it's like oh here's an enemy that's literally just chasing you down through the entire level no matter what your mobility is here's an enemy that's actually healing other enemies around it right and uh oh it turns out that this enemy is also defended by three proxy enemies so you got to kill those proxy enemies before you kill this one in another level it's like oh hey we gave you a rocket launcher so you're typically using smgs now you have a rocket launcher and here's how it works and so all of that stuff is just being delivered at a really good rate because again these levels are about the same length of time as a drop dead dual strike level but you feel like you just went through a fucking roller coaster Mm -hmm. by the end of every level but like in the best way right hopefully you're not nauseous (laughs) and stuff but you know you've got the excitement you've got the adrenaline you feel like a badass and that's how you're supposed to feel at the end of every level it's not supposed to feel like in drop dead you get to the end of a level suddenly nothing's happening for a prolonged period of time leading you to question did the game just break or like is this how it's supposed to be and then suddenly your hands turn into laser pointers and some weird kind of like generic text pops up in front of you to tell you to go back home or go to the next mission
0: speaking on the scoreboard coming up compare that to beat saber which is like the best implementation of a scoreboard coming up after a mission where like if you get a new high score it it like plays an awesome theme and like there's fireworks and stuff and like amazing sound effects and you're like, yeah pump fist pump like I did it versus Drop Dead, which is just like, yep, you finish the mission, UI, no sound, no like cool animation of like stars coming in, like BAM, BAM. No, it just like fills up very Tamely, like that's is an, another point of the polish or the lack of polish significantly
1: hinders the player experience. that's just true in general. I got nothing to say to that. Polish your game, people, polish the fuck out of your game
0: to wrap up this episode we uh we talked a lot about drop dead a lot of negative comments compared it to other games, both old and and new with swarm and Robo recall and these other games. But I think despite all the negativity, this is a very positive episode because it shows how far we've progressed.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'm ultimately glad that I played the game and I played it all the way through from start to finish, despite a lot of frustration towards the end of it. But like, you know, there are like some things in there that I liked and I enjoyed. And maybe every now and then I'll go back to shoot a couple zombies for like a level or two. But this is not something that is going to like be in my rotation or, you know, be in my favorites yeah. for any amount of time. Yeah. How, how do you feel that you've played the game? Do you feel like it was a good use of your time uh, or like, do you like, are you glad you played the game basically is what I'm asking. I'm glad I played it from a developer
0: analytical standpoint, right? Like you learn the most from examining works that are not perfect. And this game Mm -hmm. was very much not perfect. So, yeah, it was like super informative. It was interesting to see what elements were done well and how they sort of didn't, you know, affect the balance overall, what was lacking and and just how that made me feel as a player, like all that was good. Would I recommend that someone else play this? No.
1: Yes, I agree. (laughs) Now that we are in 2022, I would not recommend this game to someone else. I remember being the one that was like heavily advocating for it to Mm -hmm. you because I wanted us to have this breakdown of the game and be able to, like you said, really sort of like analyze what is good about it, what's bad about it, what are things that we can take from the environment around it, you know, the gaming marketplace, and like how can we figure out, I guess, like post mortem it or something, you know? And for that, I'm glad you humored me (laughs) by downloading this game (laughs) and getting through the first act or so. Uh, So, yeah. And I hope this has been interesting and informative to the listeners. That's right, travelers. We hope you had a real good time listening to this episode. And if you want to hear more, come back. Same bat time, same bat website. Later. If you like this episode of Head Mounted Destinations, please share it with your friends. Word of Mouth helps us out. To get notified about new episodes, go to headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list.
0: You can find us on Twitter, at Mounted Head, and you can listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher,
1: or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the next Head Mounted Destination.